word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we open up this psalm, we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us to see Jesus afresh, to understand, Heavenly Father, that we are held in the palm of your hand. Holy Spirit, do a work in us through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, it's been a tough few months, hasn't it? Uh, Though everyone in New Zealand has been hit by the COVID-19 virus and its consequences, retirement homes have been hit the hardest. Places like this were the first to go into lockdown with no outside contact, so it's been terribly hard for you. So well done. (laughs) Well done for surviving and getting here and, and coming out today. On top of this, there's a genuine fear of catching the virus when age is a risk factor and must have been very hard to see those clusters that were based around rest homes with people dying. Very difficult for everyone, but very difficult, I'm sure, for you. Yet amongst all of these fears that swirl around, we are assured that God is sovereign. God is in control. God does not forget his people. All those that look to him, who call on the name of Jesus, are held safely in the palm of God's hand. And so with this in mind, looking to God in troubled minds, we're going to open up Psalm 16. That first verse, Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. And this has been our prayer, hasn't it? And rightly so. Our prayers have been something like this, Lord, I'm frail. I'm not as young as I used to be. Keep me safe from the virus. Keep me safe in your arms. Be my refuge and my safe place. And God has answered those prayers. But how can we know this for ourselves? How can we be assured that God is caring for us? You see, many reject God's kindness. And there are others who do not know about his grace. So how can we be sure that God sets his affection on us? And this is spelled out in verse 2 of Psalm 16. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord, apart from you I have no good thing. So let's just unpack this verse for a little bit. In particular the word Lord, it's used twice. But in my Bible the first time the word Lord is used it's in capitals. And the second time the word Lord is used it's lower case. I'll read it again, it's only a short verse. I said to the Lord, capital letters, you are my Lord, lowercase, apart from you I have no good thing. To understand the two different uses of the word Lord is a way of understanding how God cares for us. Now the first use of the word Lord in capital letters is to remind us that in the original language in Hebrew, that was the word Yahweh. I am. And so through the Old Testament, when you're reading it, you'll notice often the word Lord is in capitals. And when you see that, you think of the word Yahweh or I am. And those that know the Bible stories will remember Moses tending sheep. Then he sees a bush that's burning but is not consumed. So he goes to have a look and God speaks to him from that burning bush and says, my name is I am. I am the one who will rescue Israel from slavery. I am the one who is bigger than their fears. And this great I am who created all things did deliver Israel from slavery, from their fears, 
And the same great I am will rescue us from our fears. And the verse goes on to say, apart from the Lord, I have no good thing. Every good thing comes from the hand of God. Often we think it just comes from creation around us, or we might think it comes from our hand because we've earned it or whatever reason. But at the end of the day, God provides all good things for which we give thanks. I get a little ahead of myself because we need to go back and have a look at the second word, Lord. Again, I'll read the sentence. I said to the Lord, capitals, you are my Lord, lowercase. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So what does the Lord lowercase mean? Well, in the original language, in the Hebrew, it was the word that a slave would use to refer to his master or that a subject would use to describe her king. You are my Lord, I am your servant. Or, you are my Lord, I am your subject. And so, this is a very important understanding of God. Not only is he the great creator of the universe out there, but also he is our personal Lord, whom we follow. Now, a lot of people have problems like this. They're not happy with a God who was their Lord. They would rather have a God that they could bargain with. And the logic goes something like this. Okay, if there is a God, what can I do for this God so that he will bless me? I know I won't swear. I won't drink too much. I won't yell at the family. I won't kick the dog. I'll give to charity. And I'll do kind things. And then surely if God is good, he will bless me. But I don't want him to be Lord. I don't want this God to interfere with the other parts of my life. God, I give you this little part of my life so that I can be happy in the rest of my life. But this is not how it works with God. You can't bargain with God. He wants to be Lord of your life. We can never earn favour with him. We can never be good enough. With God, it's all or nothing. Think of Jesus. If God was a God that we could bargain with, Jesus would never have had to die on the cross. He could have come down, he could have taught us a whole bunch of things, and then he could have just died a very natural, pleasant death or gone straight to heaven. But with God, it's all or nothing. There was no other option but for him to give up Jesus because he is our Lord. And we see this all or nothing in verse 8. David, who wrote the psalm, writes this, I have set the Lord always before me, all or nothing. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Three things there. God is always before me. He's at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Why? Because he is our Lord and we are his servants. And when we're in that relationship with him, then he cares for us and looks after us. As we look to our Heavenly Father, like a servant looks to his master or a beloved child looks to her father, so we look to God because he is always close at our right hand. No wonder the psalmist writes in verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices, and my body also will rest secure. We've already sung with gladness those wonderful hymns. But he also talks about our body being secure. And though, though some of us are frail, 
we can rest secure. And verse 10 tells us why. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You see, our sure and steadfast hope is not just now amongst our COVID-19 fears, but our hope in God goes even to the grave. For no matter how we keep ourselves safe from the virus, eventually we will all die. And then we will be placed in the grave. But God promises he will never abandon us. Not while we've got a pulse and not after we don't have a pulse. In this life and certainly in death, God's word promises us that he will not abandon us as long as we look to Christ. And it's looking to Christ that's the answer. And there is a very big clue in this verse because verse 10 because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. Now David was writing this, and he did die, and his body did see decay. And all of the New Testament voices are agreed that this is actually talking about Jesus. And that when he did die on that first Good Friday, the promise was here for Jesus, he knew this promise, that he would not be abandoned in the grave, his body will not see decay. Because Christ rose from the dead, we have this sure and steadfast hope that when we trust in him, we will have everlasting life. Everyone who calls on Jesus, Lord, capital letters, and calls him Lord, lowercase letters, has the promise of everlasting life. Jesus, the great I am, the creator of the universe, whose fingerprint is delightfully over everything that we see is also our Lord. Not the person we bargain with, not the God we try and make a deal, but before the one that we bow our knee. Because Jesus is our Lord, capital letters, and as our Lord, lowercase letters, our joy and our hope is in him to whom we gladly bow, to whom we gladly sing. As we look to Christ, we are kept safe in his loving arms and have the Father heart of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit inspired King David to write this psalm that gives us so much hope because you are our refuge and our safe place. But also the psalm pointed to Jesus that did not see decay in the grave but was raised to life so that we can have that eternal hope and everlasting life. Make this more real to our lives. May we not only understand with our mind, but may we feel it with our heart, your deep and ever-abiding love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.